0: This morning, the message that I'm gonna be sharing to you, I'm gonna warn you up front. It's not it may not be the most encouraging. It may not be the nicest, uh, it may not be the, the one that you would like to hear, but I believe it is the one that you may need to hear. It is one that God spoke to me. God, I've I've been marinating in it, I've been sitting on it, and just something that God has God has almost almost like been doing like heart surgery on me. And, and and you know, and I just I just feel like Wow. Um, I didn't know what to share. I was scheduled to share today. I didn't know what to share, so I thought it's only apt if I just share what the Lord spoke to me rather than preparing a message just for the sake of preparing a message. Um, The message that I have this morning is titled this, Serving That Which Was Not Ordered. So before we begin, uh, I need you to talk to me a little bit, okay? Is it okay that we talk to each other? Uh, How many of you here, you, you prefer... Asian food over Western. Just give me a wave. Those of you online, okay, we got them. Any of you, you're more Western food over Asian? Anybody? Right, okay. We've got a few. We've got a few. Okay, so I see the, I, I miss those on the balcony. Asian food, anybody? Asian? Okay, Asian. Western food, anybody? In the balcony? Online? Uh, sorry, I won't be able to see it, but I trust that because majority of the people here put their hands up for Asian food. I'm just going to go with the majority, okay? Now, how many of you here, you are more, Uh, more of a rice person than noodles. Anybody? Just for those, more rice person. Okay, yeah. eh, Anybody more noodle person? Okay, okay. Kind of like, it's kind of like a half-half. So for argument's sake, I'm going to go with noodles. Okay, so can you imagine if you went to a restaurant, like after the service, and you went to maybe a seafood restaurant, and you have your mind set on, I'm going to order some nice Hokkien meat. Anybody feeling hungry a little bit? You know, me, and you have a mindset on that, you order that, and get this, you're at a restaurant, you sit down, 15 minutes has passed, you're okay, you're a good Christian, you're not angry, you're super patient, you got the fruits of the Spirit flowing within you, but then you start seeing the people around you get their food. How many of you do feel that your Christianity is now a little bit challenged, right? And then you start seeing the other tables that came, bef- that came after you, they got their food next. And the thing that they, o- that they ordered, they got it and you haven't gotten it. Now at that point, it is a true test of whether the Lord Jesus is really in your life. Half an hour later, your food finally comes, you go thank the Lord. But they come and they bring to you a plate of fried rice. Now what did you order? You ordered... Hockey noodles, right? And you're like, "Eh, excuse me, I did not order this. And the the chef himself has come up and told you, it's okay. Um, I have prepared this dish specially for you. It is like taken from wheat grown in the most exotic place of Vietnam or something. I don't know, right? The ingredients is hand-picked. The lap Chong is super nicely glazed and it's the best and choices of ingredients. Have this fried rice instead. Now, most of us will be like, Chintai, I'm hungry, whatever. But for the rest of us, we will be like, I did not order this. I ordered noodles. Now, let's think for us. Let me ask you for a moment. What makes a good christian think for a moment what are indicators in our lives speaking to those who believe in jesus who profess to follow jesus is that we have got this faith thing correct what defines the success of a christian life and if we're not careful there are times where we could think well I've done these different things. I've checked off a few different boxes. I have attended this meeting. I've gotten that certificate. And we could bring it to God and God could be like, I did not order this. Now, I'm not not just speaking out of air because let me show you scripture, okay? Let's go to scripture. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 7. Now it says this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 18 to 23. It says this, A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Let's look at that one again, verse 21. Not everyone... Who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, the only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Verse 22. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Somebody say, ouch. Ouch. Can you imagine if you lived your whole life thinking that you were doing what God, what supposedly God wanted? Now, you could be sitting here and you could go, what what are you talking about? I'm blessed. You know, my life's good. Children's okay. Business is doing well. Ministry is growing. All these things, you know. I'm blessed. Let me tell you something. Wealth is not an indicator of God's approval on your life. Let's, let's, let's debunk that for a moment, okay? Just because you are rich, it doesn't mean that God is with you. Because if that's the case, then most of the people in the world who are the richest people in the world, they will be Christians. But we know for a fact that they are not. And let's think about the opposite as well, okay? Poverty. Poverty is not necessarily more spiritual than wealth. So get, let's just understand this, okay? God is not the God of prosperity or the god of poverty he is the god of provision can somebody say amen to that you're too quiet this morning you gotta speak back to me can somebody say amen to that god is a god of provision so god provides and we all need god's provision whether we are rich or whether we are poor we need material needs from god we need spiritual needs from god just because you're rich doesn't mean you have the grace of god on your life we all need god's provision So just because we are experiencing hardship, it does not mean that God has left us. Let's get it clear. And just because we are going well in life, it does not necessarily mean that we are also walking in the will of God. So what then does God want from you and I? In this, we we are coming to the age where, or we're coming into a time where, you know, it's, um, uh, I'll be honest, okay, I am so sick about hearing about COVID-19. Any of you with me? Can I be honest, I'm so sick. What vaccine, this, mass, this, Omicron, Megatron, Decepticon, I don't know, I'm just like enough, okay? I'm tired of it, I'm kinda like, let's just move on. Right, But in our moving on with life, so we're thinking of already planning for the future, some of us are thinking, how can we reposition our business, reposition our ministry, how how are we gonna send, how are we gonna chart our school, our kids' children's schooling life and all that kind of stuff. But let's not just look at all these things, but let's look at where God wants to lead His people. And His people are you and I, not just those standing on the platform but those who profess to believe in Him. So let's take note of that. Let's, keep, let's take check and see what does God want? And Hosea 6 verse 6 says this, this is what God wants. I want you, says the Lord, to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. God wants us to love Him and to know Him, not just know about Him. You see, let me, bring you, let me bring a thought to you. You cannot make up in sacrifice what you lose out in obedience. You cannot make up in sacrifice what you lose out in obedience. I have met countless well-meaning people where they think that just because they serve God you know, just because I give money to the church, just because I, I, I fulfill the minimum spiritual, religious requirements, I'm good. I can do whatever I want. But what, did God, what does God say? God says, I want you to love me and not just show sacrifice, not just offer sacrifices. And the Bible here also says in Hosea that he, God wants us to know Him, not just know about. We live in an age where literally you can Google almost anything is it true right when i was growing up if i didn't know something i had to go and ask my dad or my mom or open this ancient thing called the encyclopedia most of us some of you will be like what's that okay ask your i don't know go ask your parents or go google it we live in an age where we can google absolutely anything We can even Google answers, what to do when I'm depressed, or what to do, you know, this, what to do. We we can look for anything. So there is no lack of knowledge. But how many of you know knowledge is not the same as wisdom? Y'all feel me? Right? You understand? Right? Knowledge is not the same as wisdom. And what does the Bible say about wisdom? Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord of God, when we know God, not just know about Him. You see, you could be sitting here in this pew and you could know a lot of things about me. You could know, you could make judgments, you could make certain assessments about whoever stands on stage, whatever pastor that preaches. Maybe you can go onto their social media account. Maybe you can go onto the website. Maybe you can listen to their past sermons. You can know something about a particular person, but that does not mean you actually know them. And that's what God wants us to do. God wants us to know Him, to know Him fully. You know, J.I. Packer said this, he put it this way, there is a difference between knowing God and knowing about God. And listen to this, when you truly know God, you have the energy to serve Him, bonus to share Him, and contentment in Him. Let's think about that for a moment. Let's sit on that for a while. You will have energy to serve Him, bonus to share Him, and contentment in Him. Real quick, three points I have for you this morning. What does God desire from us? If I can break it down a little bit more. More than attendance, God wants our allegiance. More than just attendance, I am absolutely grateful that we can now have physical church. In fact, one of the words I do not want to hear for a long time is this. I can't even say it. The saying makes me want to throw up. This word, zoom. Oh, any of you feel me? Zoom. Send me the link. No, I don't want to send you the link. Here's zoom. Any of you feel me? It's like, ah, I'm tired of zoom. You know, it's like, as Pastor Chu would say, you become a zoombie. He's right? like, ah, I don't want to look at this zoom. So now we got this physical church and many of us, you know, we, we, we can't wait. We're coming back and all that. And those of you who are still online, you still make it a point to tune in. You still make it a point to stream in. Great, kudos to you. But more than just attendance, God wants our allegiance. Because how many of you know this? You could be in the church, but Christ could not be in you. You, 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 you see, the temple that God wants to live in is not made of bricks and mortar. It's made of heart and soul. Do we have allegiance? Do we give allegiance to God? And how do we do that? You see, John 14 verse 15, really simple. It says this, If you love me, Jesus says, you will what? Obey my commandments if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And yes, to gather as a community is one of the commandments. But Christianity, the faith life, is not just limited to what we do on a Saturday or a Sunday. Let me give you an example. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've spoken to, um, so in, my, in the last nine years that I've been doing ministry, a uh, majority of my work has been amongst youth. So, on and off, I get parents who come to me and they are absolutely perplexed by their child because um, some of them, they say that, wow, you know my son or my daughter, at home, they are one way. You know, they look so good, they look so quiet, they look so well behaved, but then they find out that when they're outside, they're doing all kinds of different things. Now, I wouldn't say what those things are, but needless to say, they're not the same person that they thought would be. And they go, Oh no, what happened to my Tai Tai? What happened to my Mui Mui? You know what's going on and all that. But yet, you know, that's what happens as well is that a lot of times we come to church and we know the right seat to sit in. We know when to say amen. We know the right thing to do and the thing not to say and not to do. But the minute we leave the church, we just revert back to whatever that we are doing. You know, we, we, we pretend, we act and we live as if like because our parents are not watching or we think that God is not watching but yet God knows and sees everything. Do we live a life that is pleasing unto Him? Absolutely everything, more than just attendance. Is our following of Jesus just limited to the Sunday experience or the Saturday experience? Is it just, well, where the pastor says something to inspire me, then I will get inspired. Oh, if they sing the right song this morning, then I will get our worship. Or, or is it is it something that we know, man? God, you are so real to me. Jesus, I know who you are. And because of that, I cannot ignore you in my life. I can I cannot help but help portray you in every single aspect of what I do. There should be no separation of the sacred and the circular. You know, on Sunday, I'm like this, but I work, I got to be someone else because work is work. Or, you know, I got to be like this with my friends because that's that and church is just, no. God is wanting to be in every single part of our lives. And that leads me to my second point. More than just service, God desires our surrender. More than just service. Some of us, we are fervently serving the Lord. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. Whether it's In the building like this, thank you to all the worship team for making services work even throughout the pandemic and throughout home and all that kind of stuff. Great. Some of us are so faithful. We turn up every week, uh, week in, week out. We set up, we do all of that. Some of us, yeah, we, we are serving God even in our workplace, in our families and all that. We do so much for God, but yet we are not truly surrendered to Him. I don't know whether you have this room in your house where it is the, the, the shoving room. You know what I mean? Or it's like a, or, or a particular drawer where it's like a shoving room. You know, it's like where if guests were coming over, you would just quickly, come on, you just shove all these things into that room. And any of you like that? Or is it just me? Uh, okay. You would just shove everything into that one room. And that one room, right? It's like if, if, you know, if you have friends over, you will give them a house tour. You will show them every single room except that room. They'll be like, what's in that room? Oh, nothing. It's just um, a door. There's nothing behind that, right? You, be, you, you won't want them to see what's behind that door. And for us, if we are really, really honest, there are many things in our lives where we do not want to show it on to God. It's like, you know, you're just serving someone, right? Um, it's actually the lowest form of relationship. Can I, can I get you to think for a moment? Many of us, we have bosses, right? Whether it's a boss, or if you are, you know, you're still young, your parents. So we do what they want, but that doesn't mean we actually relate to them. In fact, for many of us, when we work, we have this thing that we want to establish and that is called boundaries, right? So it's like, if it's a certain time, your boss should not call you. And if you're the boss, please don't call your staff after work hours, okay? Amen. Right? For for us, we set boundaries. We go, if it's a certain time, don't tell me, don't call me, or if it's not in my job scope, don't give it to me. I'm not paid for this. So what we do is we set boundaries. And okay, I encourage that. You know, Boundaries are healthy and everything. But when it comes to God, He's either Lord of all or not Lord at all. Because we set boundaries with God. We go, well, God, on my weekends, you can have, you can have my time. But when it comes to my relationships, or oh, don't you dare go near that. When it comes to how I run my business, don't you dare speak to me about that. When it comes to how I speak to my spouse, don't you dare tell me about that. When it comes to how I raise my children, that's none of your business, Lord. When it comes to different things, you know, none of it stay away. And we put God at a distance thinking that it is okay. Because why? Well, I serve God. I serve Him. But let me show you what the Bible says. Romans 12, verse 1. It says this. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all that He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that He will find acceptable. Look at this. This is truly the way to worship Him. More than just raising our hands, on a Sunday do we lay our lives down every single day? The Bible here tells us that we are a holy and living, we are to be a holy and living sacrifice. That is the true way to worship Him, the proper way. The NIV version says to worship Him. And the problem with being a living sacrifice is His tendency to crawl off the altar. You know what I mean? It's like, there are times where God will confront us with our motives, God will confront us with our, our intentions, God will confront us with our behavior, and maybe that the confrontation will not come in the form of an angel appearing to you. Now, you may not actually want that. A couple of um, couple of a day, uh, weeks ago, I saw this picture. Uh, the young people call it a meme. Those of you who know what it is, it's like what true angels actually look like, you know, and it was just like octopus looking thing with like many eyeballs and everything. So that was actually a literal description of an angel. I was like, wow, that's actually true. You know, it's not like one that comes in nice robes with a halo and all that kind of stuff. So you don't want an angel to appear to you to confront you. You are already being confronted when you read the Word of God. The Word of God is a mirror. The Word of God is a reflection. It is actually something to get us to think. Am I living according to the Word of God or just my preferences? That's what the Word of God does. And, we, we, and there are times where confrontation can come. Maybe a good meaning brother or sister in the faith tells us, hey, you should not be like this. You should not live like this. You should not continue doing this. Don't live like this. What will we do? What we say is, okay, I know. I serve God. I've already, de- I've already given tithes. You can't do anything to me. Leave it. And we, and, and we leave it as that. Surrender. Is there anything too much for God to ask from us? You know, I'm of the story in Matthew chapter 19, where there's this story of the rich young ruler going and approaching Jesus. Now, we know how this story goes. He goes and he tells Jesus, he says, Good teacher, tell me what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus entertains him, tells him, Well, you know, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't um, honour your father and mother, do all, keep all the laws. And the rich young ruler very confidently said, All this I have kept since young. Now, you would think that Jesus would go, wow, look at this guy. Hey, disciples, come here. All right, angels, come on down here. Let's blow a trumpet and let's give this guy an award. But he doesn't. He says to him, if you want to be perfect, sell everything you have and give to the poor and follow me. And needless to say, the rich young ruler did not follow through on that. He left, the Bible says he left away feeling dejected. Now, do we have things in our lives or do things have us? If you have something, you can give it away freely at any time. But if you had to struggle and think whether I can actually give this up, it is arguably, it can be arguably said then that you don't have that thing, you actually, that thing actually has you. Many of us, we have dreams, we have aspirations, we have ideas, we have intentions, we have plans, we have all these different things. And we, instead of coming to God and go, God, is this what you want? We want to come to God and we want to rubber stamp it on our lives. That's what, that's what I do a lot of times. I'll be really honest with you. I'm not preaching this message to you, not just you. I'm, I'm actually preaching this to myself as well. There are many things, times in my life I thought this is what God wants for me, this is what God wants me to go. And when God challenges that, I find it so difficult to say yes to God. But in the same way, will we surrender it on to Him? I'm also reminded of the story of Abraham. How many of you are good old Abraham, Father Abraham? He, man, Abraham went through a lot, like he was, a, he, he, in his old age, he was given a promise, you are going to have a child. Now, after having two young kids, can I tell you, when I'm like 100 years old, if the Lord comes and tells me, you're going to have a child, I'll be like, Lord, please not me. Can you pick somebody else, okay? Right? But they were, he, wants, he wanted a child and the Lord said, you are going to have a child. And then he went through all this drama in Egypt with Sarah. And then he went through this drama with Ishmael. They went through all of that. And then finally, they have Isaac. And then one fine day, the Lord speaks to Abraham and says, Hey, Abraham, take your son, your one and only son, and bring him up to the mountain to sacrifice him. Now, if I was Abraham, I would be like, hold up. You got the wrong number, God. Right? You doubt the wrong number. There must, be, you know, there must be Abraham, somebody else, not me. God, this is the promise you have given me. This is what you have spoke to me. After You don't know what I've been through to get to this point and now you're telling me to give it up? But Abraham didn't do that. Abraham got up early in the morning, told Isaac to come on, and they went up the mountain and we know how the story goes. Well, is there anything that we will withhold from the Lord? Is there something? Is there anything? Is there any price too much to pay if God were to challenge us? My last point is this. Not just our own plans. He desires us to live out His purpose. Um, Here's a revelation for everybody, okay? Especially especially those who are younger. Um, Do you know that God does not actually care what job you have? Can't be real. God doesn't care whether you become an accountant or whether you become a doctor or become a lawyer, whether you become a creative person or whether you become this or become that. God doesn't care. God doesn't, okay, not that God doesn't care, but God is not particularly um, wanting to be so specific about that. What God cares is how we would go about doing those jobs. God doesn't care what study, what course you take and everything. God cares about the kind of person that you will be throughout your course and to those around you. Because here's the thing, you see, if, if the point of salvation, okay, is to get to heaven, um, don't you think that after having received Jesus, we should just drop dead? Think about it for a moment. Because if, if the point of being a Christian it's just to get to heaven, won't it be a whole lot easier that upon confessing Jesus, we just drop dead on the spot? I think it's super, I think it'll be a lot better. Because how many of you know it's not easy to actually be a good Christian? You feel me? You don't, you don't believe me? Get onto the road and spend 10 minutes driving around. You will know. Right? How many of you know that it's not easy being a good Christian? It's not. So if it's all, if it's just to get us into heaven, we should just like, you know, when we come and answer the altar call, say the sinner's prayer, you know, lightning should just strike us and we should just go. Then woo, we, we're in heaven, we've achieved perfection already. But no, you and I are still here. And when we are still here, that tells me that God is not done. You are not dead, so God is not done. Let me throw another thought into you. For you, don't ask what is wrong with the world. Ask what happened to the salt and light. Don't ask what's wrong with the world. Ask what happened to the salt and light. Who's the salt and light? You guys! Not me, okay? Not the pastor. You guys. Because everywhere you go, you have an opportunity to represent God. And, if you, and even in your own homes, you have an opportunity to represent God, to walk according to His ways. You know, I thought about this. Um, this is a freebie for you. I, I thought, I, I've, always, I've always dreamt to write a book, but every time I, 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 think, I sit down and I want to write a book, I'll be like, nah, I can't do this. You know, like Pastor Chu has got to pray for me because like, I'm like, what in the world am I going to say? And, and it's like, there's so many good ideas out there. But I've been thinking a lot about um, uh, discipleship and thinking about following Jesus and thinking a lot about the family life and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I, I, so, so I had this idea, okay? So none of you do steal this idea, right? If somebody steals this idea, and it, it comes out as a book, I will find you and I will bless you. With the full gospel. But anyway, so you th- think about this. Um, you know, many of us, right, we, we desire to get married, yeah? For those of us who are not married or those who are married, we get married. And after you get married, you have children. Now, apart from work, your family is the one that's going to take up most of your time. Now, how many of you know being married to someone, you have to not be so self centered, right? You have to be considerate. You have to, almost, in a certain sense, die to yourself in order to make the marriage work. What are you are doing? You are following Jesus because Jesus said, whoever wants to follow me must take up their cross and deny themselves. Let me tell you, most marriages break down because one party or both parties are extremely selfish and only want to think about themselves. That's the first part. And then when you have kids, that's going to be even more um stretch or expanded because now that you have kids, your life is not about you. You gotta, you know, you, you, you gotta plan, you can't spend money however you want, you gotta think about the future. So you're continually dying to yourself. But then when you raise your children in the ways of God, let me tell you something. You can delegate education to school, but you cannot delegate parenting and discipleship to the church don't matter how great the youth program is, don't matter how great the pastor is, unless you send them to stay with Pastor Chu. Right? You go, well, Pastor Chew, my 12-year-old got a problem. Can he can and stay with you? Right? You just drop him off in his house. I'll give you his address later. Right? You, you, you can't do that. You have to raise your own children. It don't matter whether children's ministry is online or offline or not online, you know, but Just because they go to church once a week, it doesn't mean that they're going to get God in them. You have to raise them according to the ways of God. And when you raise them, you know what? In the ways of God and get them to walk according to God's Word and His plans and His purposes. Do you know what you're doing? You are fulfilling the Great Commission. Boom, you already nailed the Christian life. That's it. Love your wife. Have a great marriage. Raise your children in the the ways of God. You've already fulfilled the Gospel. You've already lived out the Bible. Boom, you can go. You can retire. You can retire. That's so easy, right? But how many of us know it's not? It's not. Friends, let's ask ourselves this. Why am I here? Why am I given what I am given? Why am I given the spouse I'm given? Why am I given the children I'm given? Why am I given the work opportunity I'm given? Why am I given the study opportunity I'm given? Because the Bible says this. He told them, this is Jesus, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers into His harvest field. And we can get a worship team up. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into His harvest field. I will leave you with this thought. You and I are the move of God that we have been praying for. Do you know that? You and I are the move of God that we have been praying for. People earnestly pray for revival. People earnestly pray for this kind of things, for God, for, for a spirit of God to move and all that kind of stuff. But I've been also wrestling with this. Do you know revival doesn't mean packing out a stadium or venues? Even though I appreciate events like that. I recognize it's necessity. But there is no point in packing up a venue, but then everybody comes to an event and they leave that event the same. And how many of you know that the Christian life is not lived on the mountaintop. It's lived in the valley low. The mountaintop experience prepares us for valley low living. So you can have great worship, you can have great encounter, you can shake all you want, and you can fall down all you want, as hard as you can. But what would count is not what happens in this room, not just what happens in this room or wherever room you're in. What will count is when we walk out those doors, when we walk down those stairs, when we get into our cars, and when we go into back to our lives, to our families, to our workplaces, to our schools. Man... Do you carry Jesus everywhere you go? Do you represent Him? Or is, it, or is this just another thing to do? Because I want to tell you, there are many things to do. There are many other places to be on a weekend. There are many other activities that you could be going, going about. There could be, they, you know, there could be a whole lot of other things that you could be spending your time with. But what is it all for? So that we can have an encounter, can have a touch of God so that we are equipped and empowered for the task of God. The touch from God is for the task of God. Why are you here? And what are you going to do with whatever time the good Lord has given you? Bonus point for you. More than religion, God wants Relationship. You see, all the things that I've told you, it's not again more things to do. Because let me tell you, the key to walking the life or living the life that God wants you to live is not trying harder. It's to trust God more. It's to surrender more. It's to yield to God more. Because when you yield to God, He will give you His grace. And when you walk in His grace, you will automatically meet all that God needs you to do because you're walking by His empowerment. You're not relying on your own strength. You're walking by the power of the Holy Spirit. And how do we get there? It's not by being religious. It's not by checking up a few boxes or doing some stuff that we think that we need to do, even though all those things are not necessarily wrong in itself. But it's relationship. And God desires relationship with each and every one of us now i I, I get it the last two years COVID and everything it would have made it hard to have a proper relationship with god because we work from home with the kids and all these different things all the pressure financial pressure and all that i get it and i understand it's difficult and more than that god is not just wanting you to come back to church or wanting you at home to just continue tuning in god wants you to go into a deeper level of relationship with Him. And can I encourage all of us to do that? That we get into a deeper relationship with God. Not consume more content, not go for more services, not take up more courses or try to serve more even though all those things are not necessarily bad, but to get into a relationship. And that's what God wants. Even for those of you who you have never been to church before or you have never uh, or you don't believe, or you're not a Christian. That's what God wants. God doesn't want you, more things from you. God wants a relationship with you. And out of that relationship will flow all the things that I just talked about. Can we all bow our heads and close our eyes in this place without, with no one looking around? I, I just feel that in this moment, um, I want to give people the opportunity to respond to God. You're not responding to me. You, you understand? You're, you're responding to God. And if you are here in this place and you know that there is an area in your life or there are areas in your life, there are things in your life that is not right or you know that there is a call that God has placed on your heart but you have been avoiding it and you have not been, you have been pushing it aside. You know that God is leading you to do something or make, to make a certain decision and you have been pushing it aside, can I say that this day, would you be obedient and trust God? If there are areas in your life that you know is not right and you go, God, I need your grace in this area, will you surrender that part of your life onto God? With nobody looking around, okay, with giving everybody some privacy, if that is you, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. I'm going to get you to Stand. And when you stand, it's not so that that people will notice you or anything like that. It's so that I can pray for you and you're standing not in response to me and there's no judgment whatsoever because you're responding to God. Saying, God, I give you my life. I surrender my heart. I want to get myself right with you. I don't just want to go about the day go about the motions i i I want to live a life that glorifies you if that's you with no one looking around everybody giving each other privacy could you stand up and let me pray for you if that is you come you don't wait you don't wait we're running out of time If that's you you just stand up and you say god i want to surrender to you i want to give my heart to you i want to give my life to you thank you jesus thank you lord thank you lord Thank you, Lord. There is somebody here, uh, before I I, I pray, there's somebody here, whether you're here or you're online, but I just feel like uh, God spoke to me yesterday to actually pray for this one particular specific person. Is that God has actually asked you to do something. I don't know what it is. It's to go into full-time ministry or to start something or whatever. I don't know. Or change jobs, whatever. God has specifically told you that's what He wants you to do but you are very concerned because of finances. You go, I I can't do that. But the Lord is saying, I want you to say yes to me and see the provision flow into your life. Don't wait for all the cards to line up and then say yes, because that's not faith. But God says, I want you to say yes to me and then I will provide. I have never let you down and I will not, I will never let you down, says the Lord. If that is you, I just want you to respond as well. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for every single person here in this room. I thank you for those who are standing, whether they're here or whether they're online and they're responding. Lord, I pray, first and foremost, will your grace abound onto us, fall on us, God, that we would be able to live according to the way that you want us to live. God, we give you every part of our lives, even the parts that we are not proud of and we say shine your light pour out your spirit heal us help us God be the type of man and woman father or or son or husband or wife daughter let us be that person that you want us to be via your Holy Spirit and God I pray that if there are if there is fear or hesitation holding us back from being obedient to your call God I pray conviction to come encouragement to come, that we will walk according to your plans and purposes. Yes, Lord, that is our prayer and our desire. Let our hearts want nothing but you, Jesus. Not the riches of the world, not approval of men, not the pleasures or pressures of things around us, but let our hearts and our minds be fixed solely on you, Jesus. On you, we thank you, Lord, for this time, and we thank you for this opportunity that we can worship and that we can gather around your word. And I pray that whatever that we have experienced today, whether it's through worship, prayer, or the word, we would not just forget about it as we exit this place, but we would it would take root and produce good fruit, fruit that will last, as your scripture says, fruit that will last in us. and and help us God help me God to continue to live a life that glorifies you and that's worthy of you the times that we mess up that I mess up let your grace abound and let us continue to persevere and not give up to doing good works